Welcome pagans, heathens, and curious Christians to yet another episode of Pagan Haven, where learning builds communities. I'm your host, Astrid Dawn, and I'm bringing you guys a bonus episode. I know, like, ever since I've been creating this podcast, like, we've kind of been bouncing around. I do want to get on a set schedule. I really, really do. But, like, after I started this podcast, I got really sick, and now my surgery got moved up a week, which is April 3rd now. But I'm looking forward to recovery and getting on a strict schedule. I am still working on our big Loki episode where it talks about his family tree and everything. Um, It's actually almost done. The um, script for it is pretty much completed. I have been reaching out to specific people who are going to be guests appearing on those episodes to talk about how they have their relationships with those specific gods so that people can not only see the history of these gods, but how we interact with them to this day. In the meantime, while I'm making that and recovering from my surgery, I wanted to give you guys a little something. I wanted to give you guys a new episode because our followings have been growing and you guys are responding to my podcast so positively. I wanted to give you something in the meantime between now and my recovery and making my next episode. So for this episode, I'm not going to be really teaching. I'm going to read you something because I guess it is teaching because it does talk about the story of Baldur, how Baldur died, Odin's favorite son. But what I'm doing is I'm writing a book called Loki's Legacy. This book is going to be a like a tall tale type of thing showing Norse gods as non-vilified gods. Because when we look at a lot of the rewritten portions of Norse history, Norse mythology, and stuff like that. When it comes to Christianity, they vilified a lot of our gods, especially hell. So this book, I was giving a chance to show them in a different light and show them how that, you know, we, the people who follow the gods actually see them. But I've added some twists in like a new goddess, which would be the daughter of hell and so on and so forth. So I'm just going to get into this. Um, I'm going to read you the first chapter and half of the second chapter, and then you guys can leave your comments. Let me know what you think of it. Um, Obviously, this is an ongoing project, so I definitely would love to hear you guys' views and maybe your critiques and compliments, whatever you have for me, because I am so proud of this book so far. I am a poetic writer. That's who I am. Every time I write, I try to challenge myself. I try to get out of my comfort zone, but my basis, the way I like to write, is very poetic. I try to say that I'm a lot like Edgar Allan Poe, where his writing style, not always his dark and, you know, twisted mind, but his writing style with the poetic use of words and stuff like that. So let's get into this. This is called Loki's Legacy, and chapter one is called The End and the Beginning. Gods angels, demons, witches, superheroes, mutants, cryptids. Humans, mostly young ones, have an affinity for fantasizing about folklore and mythologies. With how much of a presence we make in Midgard, most of them have portions of a whole truth. They fight amongst themselves about who is right. Why would it not be similar to just clear the air? Valhalla fell silent as Odin sat calmly on his throne, looking upon the young goddess. Man and god alike, anxiously waiting for a reply, the feast had come to a complete stop when they had burst through the door, with her grandfather demanding to be heard. "'Is this how you justify your recent behavior?' Odin replied, walking towards the two of them. 
Your mother was thought to be the least monstrous of her siblings. She was given her own realm and allowed to raise you as she sees fit. Freer, daughter of hell. He paused to look from her to her grandfather. Daughter of Angromeda. How have you been, Loki? The last Odin had seen of Loki, he was being strapped to a rock, a punishment for killing his son Baldur. Odin, a pleasure to see you. How are the kids? Loki replied sarcastically. Odin stared at him for a second as Loki held a smirk on his face. No one in the hall had continued eating. They all stared intently. After Loki's release, he had only been seen or heard from once. It was unlike him to not be in the spotlight, causing some kind of problem somewhere. This made Odin even more suspicious of Loki showing up with Freer. The recent stories that come from Midgard about her were already troubling, so the union was even more so. She was right, however. Gods do tend to live in Midgard from time to time, most just portraying witches. Some of them do it out of curiosity, but others out of boredom. Most don't cause much of a stir there. You've made a name for yourself among men, Odin said, looking back at Freer. You seem, and as does your family, to enjoy chaos. He then turned towards the throne. Before Odin turned to sit, however, what Freer said next caused him to freeze. I have two families, don't I? As he turned to lock eyes with her, she continued. It was my father who gave me my name. This day in Valhalla was a day all the Nine Realms would remember. It was a day where history began to rewrite itself, where tales of betrayal and certain doom all came to a halt in the face of pure realization. But that is the end of this story. To really understand how we as humanity came to total destruction, we have to tell you the mistakes the gods have made. Yes, mistakes. Gods make a lot of them. However, Loki's worst thing that he was ever viewed to have done ended in the world becoming what it is today. When learning about Norse mythology, the first god that you will learn about is Odin the Allfather. He was the king of gods, ruler of Asgard in the Nine Realms, and just as every king, a father to many children, with many different gods and Jontian alike. Baldr, however, was considered his favorite son, one of two children that actually came from his marriage to the goddess Frigg, a god who symbolized light, peace, purity, and everything good. He was, above all else, beloved by all. All but one. Baldr began to have horrific dreams, night after night envisioning his death. Odin, fearing for his son, rushed off to the underworld to consult with a dead Cirrus. He went in one of his many disguises, and along the way he was taking notice that the hall looked as if it was being prepared for a feast. As he awoke the Cirrus, he asked what they were preparing for, and she excitedly explained that they were awaiting the arrival of someone very important, Baldr. In a desperate attempt to save her treasured son, Frigg went to every entity in the cosmos, living and non-living, to obtain an oath that would not do harm to Baldr. After the oaths were all secured, the gods felt more at ease, thinking that there was no way Baldr would ever die. This would have been true if everything had indeed sworn that oath. However, one small, simple thing was missed. 
They decide to throw a party and make a sport of this task being accomplished. They threw rocks, sticks, and anything they could find at Bowder, simply having everything bounce off of him. They joked, they laughed, and Loki... Well, Loki schemed. Disguising himself, he approached Frigg, asking if it was indeed true. Did every entity in the cosmos swear an oath to not harm her treasured son, Baldur? Oh yes, the goddess replied. Everything except the mistletoe. But the mistletoe is so small and innocent, a thing that I felt it surplus. Oh goodness, I cannot say that word. Just ignore me because it's going to come up again. I felt it surplus to ask it for an oath. What harm could it do my son? Loki, hearing this, wasted no time in crafting a sphere made a spear made of this surplus little plant. He took the spear and approached Baldur's brother, Andor. Andor was a blind god, so he was not participating in these festivities. You must feel quite left out, having to sit back here, away from the merriment, not being given the chance to show Bowder the honor of proving his invincibility, Loki said, and the blind god concurred. Here, said Loki, handing him the spear of mistletoe, I will point your hand in the direction where Bowder stands, and you throw this branch at him. So, Andor threw the mistletoe. It pierced the god straight through, and he fell dead on the spot, his soul trapped in Helheim. This is where the story starts, where Baldur died and the events of Ragnarok were put into place, or so the Nine Realms had thought. The prophecy was clear, his death signified the start of the end, but when Baldur had died, he had the chance to find a new purpose. He had the chance to change the world. The god of everything good in the world would produce the best thing for it, a stop to the consequences of his own death. The gods were scared and furious with Loki, for he had slighted them many times before, but this was the worst. When Frigg finally composed herself and asked if there was anyone among them that was brave, loyal, and compassionate enough to take the journey to the land of the dead and offer ransom, about, ransom for Baldur's release, Hermond, son of Odin, offered to undertake the mission. And while Asgard held a funeral for Baldur, he found himself face to face with the caretaker of the dead, Hel. The sun shone down on the now pale-faced Baldur as he stood before a fence with a simple gate in front. There stood the goddess of death with her fearsome guard dog Garm. Baldur took a second to look around at the world around him. Helheim was a realm completely cut off from the rest of the cosmos. No one alive had ever seen it. Odin and Freya chose their warriors for their battlefield and Ran watched over the ones who were lost at sea, but Hel was the caretaker of dead. Where am I? He finally yelled out at her. Slowly, she walked closer to the gate and opened it, staying within the fence. Helheim, she said, gesturing to him to join her. Helheim, he repeated. I'm dead? Hell simply nodded at him, and he nodded back in acknowledgement. He took a deep breath and stepped forward. I'm sure you know this already, but I'm Baldur. You are? he asked, actually not recognizing the goddess of death herself. After all, she was a daughter of Loki, a well-known shapeshifter. Also a sister of Fenrir, who was a lesser-known shapeshifter that preferred the appearance of a wolf. She wore the completed living side, covering the rotted flesh beneath. 
This was not in an attempt to be deceitful, but to bring ease to the newly dead. It was her skin after all, just her alive portion anyways. I'm hell, she replied softly. He stopped and looked her over. He had not looked at her with disdain or hatred, but out of curiosity. There's not much known about you, hell, daughter of Angarmida, he said as he walked through the gate past her. But you are not what I expected. Meaning, she replied, now becoming curious herself. Well, my father always said that you were the least monstrous of your siblings, but you don't seem monstrous at all, he replied honestly as he walked up the path towards Hell's Hall. Ironically, you forgot my father as I could never forget yours. Bowder's memories of his death were still fuzzy, but he knew Loki was the cause. My death may not be clear. The cause still is. I can never forget your father. Hell stopped at the front of the door of her hall and looked at him. We all inherit something from our parents. We choose whether the outcome is positive or negative. Where your father uses his wisdom to fuel his fear, you use yours to bring light to the dark. Opening the door, she wore a soft smile as she guided him in. Bowder looked over the vast hall of Helheim. It was warm and alive with color. This will be your home. You're my guest. Years passed where Frigg and Odin begged for the return of their son, but in vain. Hell had fallen for him. Loki, in turn, was locked up for his involvement in Baldur's death, but only until Sig was able to free him after decades of torture. He had no choice but to flee to Helheim. He was not welcome anywhere and would possibly be hunted down for his escape. As he stumbled into the hall, Hel sat upon her throne with Baldur on her side, and to her other side sat a young girl, Free, daughter of Hel, the granddaughter of Loki and Odin. Chapter 2, Help from Freya. We're going to read half of this chapter, or a portion of it, just to show what it was like when Loki actually got into Helheim and you get to meet the family a little bit. So chapter two is called A Help from Freya. Pleasure to see you again, Bowder. How's death? Loki said, approaching the three of them. What brings you to our hall, Loki? He asked. Your hall, laughed Loki. Am I to assume she's yours? He added, pointing to Free. Hel stood and walked down the steps towards her father. Why are you here, father? She asked calmly as she walked around him and stood on the other side. Loki smiled and turned his head to her. He thought for a moment, then tilted his head. No disrespect to you or your hall. I merely seek comfort with my blood, he said, slightly bowing to her. Hell walked back up to her throne and gave a look to Baldur before sitting down. Loyalty to blood is important to you. That is one thing I am sure of. My bloodline has grown, as you see. Freya timidly looked to her mother, then back to Loki. Consequences of your actions. Hella waited patiently for the response. A response that would determine whether she would help her father or not. Loki knew at this moment that he had been backed into a corner. The one thing that was well known about Loki is that he made choices that benefited him. He was not inherently bad or good, but opportunistic, only doing things that he wanted to do. 
Blood is the only thing that matters to me, Loki began to say. I would never be able to properly convey my sorrow for my past actions. He stopped and looked at Free, who looked down at her feet. He smiled sincerely, looking at her shyness. Obviously, some good came from it. My daughter aside, that would not change the progression of Ragnarok, Hell quickly said as Loki finished his small speech. Bowder's death put in motion events I fear that could never be stopped. I'm not responsible for what the gods do to destroy themselves. Father, Hell's voice echoed through the halls. A darkness seemed to seep into the walls around them and consume the air as her anger grew. Because of your actions, your children have been persecuted and treated as monsters. My child will not fall to the same fate. The words seemed to pelt him as he stumbled back, and as they faded, so did the darkness around them, and Hell regained her composure. She stood up and walked over to her daughter, placing her hands on each side of her face as she smiled down at her. Sighing, she looked back to her father. You can stay here until you prove to be a danger to free. The bond of blood only goes so far. Let's not test its limits, father. Loki watched his daughter comfort her young daughter as they walked off into another room. Looking to Bowder, who had stood from his throne, he gave a slight nod. Bowder wondered in that moment if Loki actually truly felt remorse. Not remorse for killing him or anything else he had ever done, but remorse for how it affected his children. Fenrir, Hel's oldest brother, had been chained down. Yamangander, her second oldest brother, was cast into the Sea of Midgard. Slepnir, who was her half-brother, was destined to forever be the Mount of Odin. Hel was the luckiest of her siblings. Even though she was cast away, she held power. Odin feared her, and it was the only reason he couldn't save Baldur's soul. But Hel would forever be portrayed as an evil goddess who selfishly guarded her army of dead. All because of him. So that's all I'm going to share with you guys so far. But I would actually like to know your views, your opinions of what I've written so far. If there's things that you think I should change because of historical facts or whatever. I would love to hear your guys' comments. You can always check us out at astridsarmy.com where there is an actual um, feedback page for the podcast itself. And you can always leave your comments there and let us know. Do you like the podcast? Do you like what was said? Do you have any comments for us? Um, just in general, you want to check out astridsarmy.com because my artists are currently working on a new merch line that will be coming out for Beltane, which I'm very excited about. Um, I've been talking with them a good amount and the ideas that I've been hearing are very exciting to give to you guys. And this is my first merch drop that's going to be with these contracted artists. So I'm very excited to show you guys what they can do. And yeah, I am sorry that I do not have this massive Loki episode for you guys but like I said it is in the progress like it is pretty much done I just have to sit and record it and reach out to the people that are going to be guests to help me record it it's just a process and with this hysterectomy coming up in a couple days it's been a lot 
but I do appreciate all of your guys' thoughts. Um, from the last podcast I posted, I was talking about getting my PC for my birthday. I ended up getting that. I am recording this podcast on my brand new PC, which is amazing because it's not only for gaming, but it's for my business and giving you guys better products, basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, I hope to see you again in our next podcast where hopefully that will be Loki and his family line. And I very much look forward to any feedback you have about my new book, Loki's Legacy. Until next time, you guys keep learning and just enjoy life and nature around you because that is what's important.